beginning of the Pasha starts off with the words Kiddushin to you. Baruch Hu tells Klai Yisrael that they should be knowing in Kiddusha. Rashi learns being knowing in Kiddusha means refraining from Arias. The Ramban says it means not doing every single pleasure that you have, even if it's mutter, cutting back on pleasures. And the next Pasuk talks about Ish it talks about a person having a moira for his parents. And we need to understand what the connection is between the mitzvah of Kedosh and Tiyu and the mitzvah of Ish So I'd like to share with you a brilliant insight from Rosham Shemfal Hirsch. And he explains beautifully the smichas. And he says that if you want a person to work on the Yanam of Kedusha, whether it's like the Rashi, that he should refrain from Arias, or whether it's like the Ramban, which it means, as we call it, the fourth piece of chocolate cake, not doing every single pleasure that he has. He says, it will only happen if a person, when he's younger, is trained to have borders. If he's trained in the concept of Moira Ava'im, he's trained in the concept that you have to control yourself in front of a parent. And you can't just sit in your father's seat. You have to have a certain awe and a certain respect, and not just everything goes with your parents. When a child is taught that not everything goes and a child is taught boundaries, that child, when he grows older, can get to the Madrega of Kedoshim Tiyu. But if there is no Ish Imriva of Tiro, there will never be a Kedoshim Tiyu, says Rashash of Hirsch. And I can tell you that as a Machanach, I see this constantly, constantly. There isn't a Machanach today that's at least speaking to older boys that is not busy with the topic of Kedusha. And you see it every single time that it matches up. But the bachrim that you can make inroads in Kedusha are the bachrim that when you meet the parents by PTA, they're parents that have boundaries for their children, that had boundaries, have boundaries, that their kids understand the concept of no, the concept of refraining from things. Those are the ones that you can have a conversation about Kedusha and you can make progress. This is Be'etzim Apostolic in the Torah. Before I discuss the main topic I wanted to talk about, I want to mention another insight from the Sassan, which I think is Gavaldic. The Parsha talks about the union of giving covenant. The union of standing up for an elderly person and the union of standing up for a Tamachacham. There's a well known mission of us that says that anybody that's covered, he runs after covet. So covet is by Rachimeno, covet runs away from him. Anyone who's by Rachimeno covet, so the covet comes after him. And the Kasha that I've always had, and I'm sure you've always had, is, you know, they say an expression, no good deed goes unpunished. You know, if he's running away from covet, which means he has an understanding that covet is nishkin gutazach, so the Rebbe rewards him by giving him covet. He doesn't want covet. So why would Hashem, so to speak, punish him by giving him the covet that he so much wants to run away from? He understands it's danger. What is the Pashup Shah in this Mishnah? So just I want to hear you a deep shot, but it's, a, it's an emes of shah from the Sasemis. The Svasemis says that in the nature of nature, the nature of all things, is everything will naturally go back to its source. That's the way HaKadosh Baruch created the nature of the world. So he says an unbelievable thing. He says, a person that is Bireach Menachavit, what is motivating him to Bireach Menachavit? It's an internal understanding <clears throat> that everything he accomplishes is completely from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and therefore he's not deserving of covet. That's how all the Bali Musr explain why a person shouldn't run after covet, because you don't deserve the covet. It's all HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That means the person who's Bayreach when not covet is mevatel himself to the Rabbani Shalem. Mizem Melech HaKovet. Who is the source of all covet? 
Where is the source in the Shayrish of all covet? The Melech HaKavit is Deivishta. Zokta Svas Emes. Covet will always go back to its source. Where is the source? It's Deivishta. If this person is bottled to the Eivishta, he's a shtick Eivishta, he's connected to Eivishta, so he's going to get the covet midin Eivishta. He gets the covet because he is bottled completely to the Eivishta. He and the Eivishta are, are one. So the covet's going to go back to his source, which is, which is HaKosh Baruch which is him. So it's the nature of how things have to be that he's going to get the covet because that's the way it has to be. I wanted to talk for a minute about <coughs> a lav in the Torah that the Messias Hashem says is possibly one of the hardest Lavin for us to keep. He says only Malachim have an easy time with this, and that is the Isidai Raisa of Laisita, which is not to bear a grudge. Which means that somebody just, I, I've read, read in, in Halachas from this example, a person's uh, making a simcha and he asks to use somebody's guest room, right? And the person has a guest room and they just don't give them their guest room, right? So Laisita says that not only are you not allowed to say something, but in your heart, you have to totally have no tightness whatsoever. And you have to treat them exactly like you treated them before. And the Messiah's Sharm says that your heart tells you, okay, a little bit of a taina, a little bit of a taina, and Zatu Sharm name, Laisitar says nothing. The is, how do we get there? How does a person get to Laisitar? How is it? It's so hard. Messiah's Sharm is so hard. Messiah's Sharm ends up, he says, you can't do it anyways. But how are we supposed to get there? So in the past, past years, I've said over Chinuch's Eitzah, and that is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs the world, and any frustration that you have is deserved, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu would have given it to you anyways. And this guy is just a shliach, but it would have happened anyways. So why are you upset with him? And we mentioned the idea of the Rambam, that there's nothing in this world that's worth getting so upset about, and in six months from now you're going to laugh at this, why are you getting so upset? But this year I'd like to share with you a different answer, and a different guide as to how a person can get to that, to, to, to be Mekayim Alav Deiraisa. There was, there was once a, a, a person who lived in Vienna. I think his name was Rabbi Vertheimer. And he was close with the king. And the king said that he was having a lot of problems with the priests, that they were complaining that the Jews claimed that they're superior to the guy. They sing Atavachatanu. He says, I need you to give them proof, proof positive that you guys are better than the guy. Give me, give me something to prove to them. So this Rabbi Vertheimer says, fine. He says, give me someone at my disposal, and I'll, I'll, I'll work this out. So he, he gave him a servant, and he told the servant, I want you to make a suda. I want you to have every delicacy possible. And I want you to have people sitting on the two sides of the table. Bring 30 gayim first. They'll eat for a half hour, and then the Jews will come in, 30 people for the next half hour. Okay, fine, sure enough. He says, just one rule. You have to tell all the people they are not allowed to eat with their hands. They must eat with a fork. Must eat with a fork. Fine. Okay, great. No problem. So, the day comes. The guy gets 30 guys. Sit down. A table, long table. Each one from across each other. And the food is set. They've never seen such mouth-watering food. Literally, they're drooling. They're so excited for this food. So, they're waiting for the utensils. And the waiter comes with his white gloves. And he brings out forks. And each fork is 10 feet long. 10 feet long. 10 feet long. This guy takes the fork. He's trying to figure out how is he going to get the fork and put the fork into the food and get the food into his mouth. So he's trying to do gymnastics with his hands. He just cannot get the food into his mouth. So they spend 30 minutes trying to figure out how to get the food in their mouth until they finally give up. So they say, I bet you for the Jews, they're going to they're cheat and they're going to give them regular forks. So they waited around to see what happens. So they bring in 30 Jews, sit down on tables, and the waiters come out with 
ten foot long forks. Same deal. The Jews t- t- take one look at the forks. Each guy looks up to this guy for a second, and then he takes the fork. Each one sticks it into the food, and he gives to eat the guy across from him. And every guy finishes off the table, polishes it off. So he said, over oh, well, what's the chat? What's the chat? Why did the Jew come up with the Eitzah? And the guy did it. He says, you think because the Jew is smarter than the guy? He says, it's not the pshat. He says, the pshat is, because the Yerushalmi says that if you want to be Mekayim Loisita, he says, I ask you a question. If you're ever holding a knife in your right hand, and by mistake you poke yourself in your left hand, do you use your left hand to smash your right hand? Does your left hand take it out on your right hand? That would be ridiculous. You're just punishing yourself. It's the same person. Zakti Yerushalmi, it's Yerushalmi. If a person saw every Yid in Klai Yisrael as part of him, and he saw as one unit, so then he wouldn't have tightness on the other person because the other person's him, it's all the same team. He says, the difference between a Yid and a guy is a Yid sees a unit. He sees that there's food, and there's a fork, and we have to eat. So when they thought about it in the aspect of we have to eat, they came up with the idea. The guy walked to the table and thought about, I have to eat. And he could not come up with a way that he could eat. But the Yid always looks at it as we're all, we're all in this together. So when he saw it as a broad picture, he came up with the idea of, of, of sharing the food. So the way to get rid of Loisitos of the Yerushalmi is to see people as a unit and not to see him as Yenem, as a different guy, and I have complaints against Yenem. He, we're on the same team. This was Rabbi Galinsky's Deher in how to get rid of this, this Loisito. If you don't see him as a different person, people love hating other people. But most people don't hate themselves. That's a Taba Elam. So if you see Yenem as you, so then that'll help you get rid of the hatred. You don't want to hate yourself. It should be two, two arms. That's the Lashon of the, of, of the, of the Yerushalmi. There's a, a pasuk in the, in the parasha of Eichea Techiches HaMisacha. I personally do not like talking about this pasuk because it's such a hard mitzvah. It's such a hard mitzvah how to give Techacha, how to do it right. And, but it's a pasuk anyway, so we have to know how to do it. And you need a Messiah, and the Gemara says in Erechim that there's no one nowadays that knows how to give Techacha. Just to give you a more uh, depressing look on it. The Gemara says no one knows how to do it. But I want to share with you a story I, I, I saw about the Chavetz Chaim, and I think it gives an insight. The Chavetz Chaim was once sitting in an inn, and in walks a person that looked like the most Gushan person he ever saw. And he comes inside, and he sits down, and he was obviously a Yid. He was dressed like a Yid, but he was a Gushan person. He says, give me fried goose and a, and, a, and a bottle of beer. And he sits down, and he eats, and drinks no bracha, no anything. Chavetz Chaim was going out of his cave, and he could not deal with the fact that a Yid acts so grub, so he decided he's going to get up, and he's going to give this guy techacha. And he's on his way to this guy's table, and the innkeeper pulls him aside, and he says, wait, before you go, I just want to tell you something. He says, this Yid, the Cantonist, when he was a little boy, he was taken off to Siberia. He hasn't been amongst Yidin for 30 years. He doesn't know it right from his left in Yiddishkeit. I'm telling you right now, do not say anything to him, because he's an extremely ignorant person, and he could, he's liable to do anything to you. So when the Chavetz Chaim heard this, he got a big smile on his face, and he said, aha. And he walked over to this Yid, and he said to him, you should know, the Yid. He says, Amam is jealous of your Chedek Merim He says, a kid, a, someone who was taken as a kid to Siberia, and was threatened daily to give up his religion, and he didn't convert to Christianity with what you went through, and you stayed a yid. He said, I wish my portion of my Muhammad should be like your portion. And he went on and on and on. He was talking to something until the yid started crying and crying and crying and crying until he decided he was going to be so double to the Chavetz Chaim 
that he eventually became a Balchuva, a Gansan of Balchuva, Gansan of Balchuva. So the Chachma of the Chavaz Chaim was that the Gresa Teichach over here was to sit there and to stell his Milas. That was the Gresa Teichach. You start, you open up his heart, you talk about his Milas, and then afterwards the Chavaz Chaim told him all the things he was doing wrong, but you first have to open up his heart. You have to figure out how to talk to the person. So listen to Shalom. There's a passage in Mishlei, it says, Al Teichach Leitz. Do not give Teichach Atal Leitz. Pen Yisnacha, because he might hate you. Hoicheach L'chacham. Give Teichach Atal Chacham V'yavacha. He will love you. So Pashashram is passing, it's talking about two people. There's this person called the Leitz, and this person called the Chacham. Don't give Teichach Atal Leitz. Give Teichach Atal Chacham. Says the Shalom. It's talking about the same person. But within every person, there's a Leitz and there's a Chacham. And you have to figure out who you're talking to when you give the Chacham. If you're going to hit the late's part, which usually means if you're going to capitalize on what he's doing wrong, you're going to hit the late's part of every person, he's going to hate you, and you're going to get nothing out of your Chacham. But if you hit the part of him that's Chacham Dik, that's, that's untainted, there's a part in every Yid where there's untainted with the Chacham, V'yavecha then love you. I just tell you, Mamash lived this part this week, I had a time of mind that, that needed Chacham, and there was something he was doing wrong, and I was about to, to call him out on the thing. And Akashbol gave me siyat Bishmaya. Instead, we had a 20 minute conversation about all the things he's doing right, and I had so much more payers from the conversation afterwards. A person has to know who he's talking to. When you give the teichach, you have to speak to him in a, way, in a way that the person wants to hear what you have to say. Capitalize on the things he's doing right, and then you can get to the things. You have to get to the things he's doing wrong. It's not, it's not a mahalak not to get there. But that when the person's heart is open, he's interested in listening, that's when a person has the opportunity to really, truly listen. I mentioned the post says, So it says that a person should give respect to a zakin. Who's a zakin? So the Gemara says in Kedushin, Zakin stands for Zakin. So the Pnei asked the question already that there's one word missing in the Pasuk, a very important word. It says Zakin. So Zakin stands for Zakin. Where do you see the Chachma part? The whole point is that he's somebody who's kind of chachma. Maybe zeshakana means zeshakana apple, zeshakana hamburger. How could you say zokin means zeshakana chachma? And the nutrikin is zokin. Zokin stands for zeshakana. It's missing the ikr, ikr chasm and asafer. So the answer that's given, and the Yeshua many people is, as Gemara says in, in the Dharm, that dokonis makonis, that if you're kind of anything besides chachma, eh, it's not worth anything. If you don't have chachma, you have nothing. So Zeshakana Chachma means because anything else is not a king. But I'd like to share with you a shot I heard from a Yid in the Mir. Hashem, he said, His name is Rabbi Hellman. He said over a half a dick of shot. I'm going to dress it up the way I understand it. Isn't it interesting? Why is he called a Zakin? Why isn't he called a Kana? He should be called a Kana. What's the Zeh part? What do you need the Zion for Zeh? So listen to this thing. He says, a guy buys a Lexus, a guy buys a Cadillac, a guy buys a, a mansion. When somebody walks on the street and they want to talk about the person, who he is, he's the Lexus, he's the mansion. Zeh, Zeh means you point with a finger. This is, I want to describe who this person is. He said over, the only thing that defines the person is the Chachma. A mensch was hot Chachma, that's his Zeh. So when it says Zekana, it means a certain kind of king in that touches up who he is. That's Mashmian, who the person is. The only thing that defines who you are as a person is when a person learns Torah. Torah changes the person. We have lots of possessions, but the possessions don't define who we are. 
The way you're supposed to know from the, the Pasuk that the Kana means Chachma is from the Zeh. Because we're, we're touching up the person. The only thing that really de- describes the person and makes him into a Gehaivan, a person, is the Torah. Gemara said, like Rashi says by Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef says, in Mole Hayumo, Kam If it wasn't for Man Torah, says Rashi, Nisroi Mamti. Rashi says that a person has Torah lifts up the person. So it makes him a different person. So that's how Chazal knew. When a Torah says Zokin, he means Zeshakana Chachma, because only Chachma is, is what defines the Zeh of the person.